It's Monday, July 19th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. With me today, Mr. Jason Moser. Good to see you, my friend. Good to see you. Good to see you. We've got automotive news. We're going to talk buyouts, but we're going to start with the deal of the day. Zoom Video is buying 5.9 for $14.7 billion. 5.9 is a cloud-based call center operator. Zoom is financing this deal in stock. And I will just point out that as of this recording, shares of 5.9 are up around 5%. Shares of Zoom Video are down around 4%. So that is the short-term grade that Wall Street is giving this deal. How do you think about this deal from a long-term perspective? Yeah, I'm actually interested that the... I figured Zoom shares would have been hit a little bit more on this, but it's 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 nice to see. It's refreshing to see that they um, have not been hit too terribly hard. And and I think the market is probably looking at this the right way. The first thing I thought of when I read about this deal on Zoom's investor relations site, I got one word one word for you: Salesforce. And that may not make sense to some, but let me explain a little bit because I think I think it's fair to say that you can view Zoom on the same playing field as Salesforce with this deal. To me, this shows management's grander aspirations for this business. So if you look at what uh Five Nine does, like you said, I mean they run these virtual call centers and ultimately these cloud-based virtual call centers which just transcend physical location, they open up lines of communication in today's multi-channel world, right? And so, customer service agents can respond across all platforms, phones, social, media, I mean, just email, chat, whatever it is. I mean, it, it, it opens up those lines of communication. And uh, for me, I mean, when you, when you look at what Zoom does, I mean, this really helps leverage uh, their expertise in communications. I mean, a, a question I think that probably a lot of us have had in regard to Zoom here recently is what is it going to do once we, not even once we get back to normal? I mean, normal is going to be a little bit different, a little bit evolved, but I mean, I think ultimately, you know, we're looking at this hybrid workspace. Um, and, and so Zoom will play an important role in that, but what does it do beyond this? And so to me, I, I went over, I actually went over to Salesforce. Uh, Salesforce's investor relations site to look a little bit more into a presentation that I had, I had viewed there before, um, just to, just to get a better grip on the market opportunity. Because if you look at the press release from Zoom, you know they look at the total uh, addressable market here as as eighty six billion dollars all in combined. To me, and I, I'm not I'm not disagreeing with that, but I, I actually look a little bit further out, and, and I see the Salesforce like potential here, and that really expands the market opportunity. I mean, right now you're looking at a market opportunity uh, for Salesforce around 125 billion dollars. I mean, that combines sales, service, commerce, marketing, platform, integration, analytics, all that stuff that Salesforce does so well in, in customer relationship management. I mean, this is a market that's projected to reach $175 billion by 2025. And Salesforce is the dominant player in the space. But it's a very big market opportunity. And so, so even just a little bit of, of, of that big market opportunity could, could work out very well for Zoom. So, I understand perhaps some skepticism in the near term on this deal. But frankly, I think it's actually a pretty good one. And they're taking advantage of, of a relatively well-valued stock price to, to fund it. What I'm about to suggest, uh, I want to preface by saying, I don't think this is going to happen in the next couple of years. But when I looked at this deal, and you talked 
about sort of how they are expanding their business, it occurs to me that at some point, Zoom is going to drop the word video from their name. In the same way that in 2007, Apple Computer dropped the word computer and just became Apple. This is one of those moves that it points to Eric Yuan and his team thinking far beyond video. And at some point, I think it's just going to be Zoom communications. I, 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 whether it happens or not, that remains to be seen, but I totally agree with your sentiment. I mean, I think it only makes sense. And, and I mean, you don't need to look any further than Zoom phone to, to get a better idea of why that could be the case. I mean, this most of us know Zoom, uh, and, and folks just outside of our analytic world, right? Out of our analysis world here. I mean, they just know Zoom is the video app, right? The video chat app, pretty much that you can just get work done or school done or whatever it may be. But it is, it is a lot more than just that. I mean, you look at their Zoom phone offering, which is essentially a cloud-based phone offering meant to replace those legacy office phone systems. Uh, I mean, they have they have really witnessed a lot of a lot of growth there here uh, over the past year or so. I mean, they just surpassed one and a half million seats of Zoom phones sold, and that, that was like I think towards the end of 2020, actually. So, I mean, we know that with that Zoom phone concept, I mean, they are diving into the hardware space as well, right? I mean, offering the hardware to go with the software. So, I mean, you're right. This is not just a video company. This is a communications company. And, and ultimately, communications, that's what opens the door for business to do all sorts of different things. And, and that's why I think this is a company that really uh, stands to, to do well in this overall sort of customer relationship management market, because it is connecting everyone in, in virtually any which way they want. I mean, we hear in retail a lot, right? We talk a lot in retail about omnichannel and how that's just basically meeting your customers wherever they are. It's not just e-commerce. It's not just physical. It's both and it's hybrid. It's all of it. And I think that that's ultimately uh, what you're looking at with, uh, with something like Zoom here. And I, I mean, you know, you look at Salesforce recently making that acquisition of Slack. I mean, that was kind of the same idea, right? It's just Salesforce had the customer relationship management side of it and wanted to bring more of the communications expertise into it. Um, this is kind of the opposite. Zoom really wanting to bring more of that, that customer relationship management type offering into their communications business. And, and frankly, I think Zoom blows Slack away. I mean, Slack to me remains just underwhelming by virtually every measure. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what Salesforce does with it. Um, I'm not saying they, they will necessarily succeed or fail, but, but I, I, I definitely see the potential here with Zoom and 5.9 more so than I see with Salesforce and Slack. Uh, that said, I, I mean, it's, it's not to say either company is in any real bind here. I mean, Salesforce and Zoom are both companies I've, I've recommended in my service, to be clear, so I like them both. <laughs> Blowout second quarter results for AutoNation. Profits and revenue came in higher than expected. Used car sales up 37%, new car sales up 42%, and shares of AutoNation are up and close to an all-time high. Yeah, and I mean, it should be no surprise that the stock is performing very well year to date, uh, up better than 50% and, and outpacing the market handily. Uh, this is an interesting business because 
on the surface, you think this is a car dealership, basically. I mean, they sell cars, and new and used cars make up 80% of revenue. But that those those new and used car sales only make up about 30% of gross profit. So, it has a really robust parts and services business that's responsible for about 40% of gross profit. Um, so, so it is it is it is an interesting business from that angle. It's not just about selling cars, uh, but but I mean to your point, the numbers are really impressive. Earnings per share uh, up fifty two percent. No surprise, I think inventory down twenty eight percent from a year ago, and and management had noted that a quarter ago. Um, supply chain issues, uh, demand would continue to, to outpace supply, but they also noted that it wasn't nearly. As bad as it was a year ago, when I mean there were legitimate like just supply chain halts. Right now we're we're in a little bit of a crunch, so it's a little bit of a different story now. Um, but but I mean they continue to build out their presence. I mean they plan to build over 100 uh, AutoNation pre-owned vehicle stores here. Plan to have 50 of them completed by the end of 2025. Uh, maybe a little bit of a shot at CarMax there. Um, the aim is to have 130 AutoNation USA stores. Uh, by the end of 2026, so they're they're investing a lot in in growth. They're building out their footprint, um, and, and they're also buying back a lot of stock. They during the quarter they repurchased seven and a half million shares, um, and, and now you look at uh, the share count overall since 2016. They brought that share count down 20 percent. Um, so it, it you know it, I don't know that this is a business that I necessarily put at the top of my list as one that I'm interested in, but it's definitely one that is benefiting uh, from some from some sort of short term catalysts and and uh, and that seems to to be set to play out here for the rest of the year. No, I think uh, I'm like you. I'm not. It's not on my watch list. I think if you're a shareholder. You're holding on to these shares through the end of this year, at least, because everything we're reading and hearing about, whether it's semiconductor chips, uh, general supply chain issues, uh, just talk to anyone who has attempted to rent a car or buy a used (laughs) car. You know, uh, it's uh, this is going to be like this for the rest of this year. Yeah, and I, I agree. And they do they 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 do have a big presence in some big states. I mean, I think sixty four percent, sixty five percent of their revenue is generated in in three key states in Florida, Texas, and California. So they have they have a, a strong presence in in you know, some some states that really matter, and, and that that won't change. And it does it does sound like they will continue to build out that physical footprint as time goes on. Um, I mean, the automobile space is really interesting to follow right now. It's just it's it's developing, it's evolving. I mean, cars are changing. Uh, obviously, rideshare uh, services exist now that, that didn't exist before. We talk more and more about uh, self-driving cars, and while I, I think that's still much further away than than people probably like to think. Um, it's just it's a fascinating space. It's been it's been sort of the same space for so long, and now we're really seeing things changing. And and it sounds like AutoNation is trying to make the investments to be able to keep up with that. Our email address is marketfoolery at fool.com. Got a note from Sarah Prince who writes in 2019, I spent my leftover scholarship money on 20 shares of stamps.com at $55 when the market overreacted to the news they were ending an exclusive partnership with the U.S. Postal Service. Now, Stamps.com is being bought for $330 a share. Can you explain in more layman terms exactly what is happening when a company gets bought 
and how long it will take before I see that $330 a share in cash. Love the podcast. So, this is a story, I think you and I talked about this on Foolery a couple weeks ago. Um, Toma Bravo, um, uh, private equity uh, firm, buying stamps.com for somewhere in the neighborhood of $7 billion. It was a it was a markup of something like 64% over the previous day's close. <laughs> yeah. And good for people like Sarah Prince, uh, who, uh, who held on. And by the way, I mean, all kidding aside, Sarah gets it. You know, oh, I yeah. mean, clearly this is, she's got a watch list, little cash on the sidelines. Like, that's, that's the way to do it. That, that really is. And I mean, that, that, Remember, we talked about this back when that when that drop uh, came when that when that postal service uh, headline hit. I mean, it was it was greater than I think shares got hit better than fifty percent that day. I mean, you oh, could look massive. at something like yeah, it was just amazing. I mean, you could look at that and say, you know what, this stamps dot com was not a fundamentally challenged business. I mean, it was it was a business that had some challenges, um, and, and but that was that that seemed like an overreaction. I feel like we talked about it that week on, on Motley Fool Money even. It was just one of those things where we could, we had some criticisms of the business, but it really seemed like uh, that that was a massive overreaction. So, good for you, Sarah, for for having the intestinal fortitude, I like to say, in being able to click that buy button, because I don't know that everybody uh, would necessarily be able to do that. And, and it sounds like you're going to reap the benefits. Um, in regard to your question, so, so uh, typically, I mean, I, I think the easiest thing to do is go to the investor relations site for the business and just look at the press release when when the deal is announced. And typically, you're going to see a transaction details area where it goes more into the the nuts and bolts of exactly what's going to happen. And so, you look at a couple of things here. I mean, the Stamps.com's board has unanimously approved this. Uh, they recommend that that stockholders vote in favor of it. And typically. I mean that's that's going to happen anyway, right? I mean it, it's not something that's that's based on generally retail investors voting. It's big big holders uh, making the call, and I think they'll all approve this. So it does this this deal includes a forty day go shop period. So that basically allows the board to solicit other other proposals, and sometimes that happens, sometimes it doesn't. Um, I think in this case, I mean this seems like a pretty good. Deal and and I don't know necessarily that the board would be um, shopping, but it gives them a little wiggle room in case there's another interested buyer. Um, but but that go shop period expires on August 18th of 2021, and with that in mind, the transaction is expected to close in the third quarter of 2021. So if we assume that nobody else comes in with a competing bid. This deal should close at some point in the third quarter of this year. When it does close, that's when that transaction will go through. So that'll give you a basic uh, timeline as to what's to happen. And I mean, the only thing I would say, just keep in mind that that go shop period exists. Uh, so there's there's absolutely the possibility of a competing bid. I don't I don't know that I would expect it, but it, it's something that could be. Uh, it's it's certainly something that, that could happen. And then you know the cash shows up in your account, and uh, you know time to go back to your watch list. Precisely. <laughs> see, see, if you, see if you can find another six bagger over yeah. a two-year hey, period. Hey, Sarah, by the way, when you find it, could you give me a ring? Yeah. I'd like to talk. <laughs> yeah, just just drop an email to marketfoolerandfool.com with uh, maybe just the top three or four stocks in your watch list, and we'll. Yeah. We'll take that under advisement. How does a byline on our next recommendation sound, Sarah? (laughs) (laughs) 
Jason Moser, great talking to you. Thanks for being here. Yes, sir. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.